John chapter 15 is where we are this morning, John chapter 15, and what a wonderful worship service we've had already, right? Thank the band, will you, one more time? They're, they're, they're listening, they can hear you. They put in a lot of hard work uh, to lead us in, in worship through song, and I always want to recognize their, their sacrifice and, and their gifting and their talents and, and what they bring to the table. And as we, look at, as we look at John chapter 15, it, it's apropos that, that we were sharing communion this morning because in John chapter 15, Jesus is, is uh, asking us to abide in him. And I can think of no better way to, uh, to, to, uh, to share that, to model that, to, to live that out in community than through the communion table. Because the communion table is the one place where, where uh, as we say from time to time, the ground is level, right? The ground is level. It matters not who we are. It matters not what our profession is. It matters not what our bank account says. It matters not where we work or what we do or where we live or what we drive, unless it's a white Nissan Rogue. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at the cross. And the beauty of that in being the ground level is that we are all invited and that we are all asked and said, you can come here. There's a place for you here. There's a place for all people, no matter what you've experienced, no matter your background, no matter your hurt, no matter your pain. And you know what today? No matter your questions, no matter what you're wondering about, no matter how confused you are about what the Bible says, no matter how confused you are about what culture says, no matter how confused you are about what culture says the Bible says or what the Bible says culture says, it doesn't matter how confused you are, the ground is level at the cross. Because we, we declare this one thing, that Jesus is Lord. That Jesus is Lord of everything. We pray about it. We read about it. We sing about it. We sing about that day, that one day when we are together, where where we are in that holy place. We sing about dealing with the struggles and the pain of our life. We sing about the challenges that we can overcome, not in our own strength, but the challenges we've overcome because of whose strength? God's strength. God's strength through Jesus. God's strength through Jesus applied to our lives because of the Holy Spirit. We have the opportunity to have this this level playing field, this level ground coming to God and realizing that first off, we are no different or better than anybody else around us. You know, the horizontal relationships. But what's also beautiful about this table and what's beautiful about the cross is that God has come to us. God has come to us. We say it a lot, but I don't know that we own it a lot in our hearts, right? Like we say it so much, it becomes just a passing thing. But think about that for a moment. God has come to us. And the communion table reminds us 
that God in his love and in his mercy has said to each and every one of us, it's not by your effort. It's by my grace. It's not by your work. In fact, communion reminds us it's by his work. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, the disciples that night in the upper room had no idea what he was talking about. They didn't know what was going to happen in the hours to come. But Jesus had been preparing them for days and weeks and months in advance. Jesus had been telling them, look, I'm I'm just telling you, there's going to be a day when I go away. And then Peter, right, speaks up, I'll never, God, I'm going to go with you. And and like, listen, you can't... (laughs) I love your zeal and your passion. But I just need you to understand that that I'm going to go away. And you can't follow me. Jesus has been preparing his disciples that this moment and this time was going to come. that, that That the Son of Man would suffer. That he would be killed and then resurrected on the third day. And the disciples were so confused at that moment. Jesus knew what the days and the hours would hold in front of him. And he was trying to prepare his disciples and trying to encourage them to say that no matter what happens, stay connected. No matter what happens, stay connected to me. In the context of of this this upper room discourse, in the context of what's happening in, in these passages, It says in John chapter 13, he says, where I'm going, you cannot come. Where I'm going, you cannot come. And in John chapter 14, Jesus continues, let not your hearts be troubled. Like, like, don't get upset about this. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. Would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. Jesus is is laying the groundwork. I'm going away. Listen, I'm not going to be here. I've come here. We've taken the Passover meal and we've turned it into something more and something more powerful that in the hours and days to come, you'll fully understand of what it means that I've given you my body and I've given you my blood. You'll understand this. It now becomes the Lord's Supper. It now becomes the Eucharist that we share together. And he says, now look, I'm going to go away, but we've got this to remember. And I want you to stay connected. And in verse 25 of chapter 14, he says, these things I have spoken to you while I'm still here, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Look, I'm going to go away. I don't want you to be upset. I don't want you to be frustrated. I don't want you to be discouraged. I don't want you to run around like you don't know what to do next. Just because I'm not going to physically be here does not mean that I won't by my spirit be here. 
Isn't it great to know that even from the beginning, God had in mind that when he would not be physically present with us, he would be spiritually present with us. He would never leave us. We're always connected with God. The table reminds us of that. His spirit reminds us of that. He says, I'm going to give you a helper, a counselor, a guide, a teacher, someone that you can rely on, someone that you can trust. Everything that I've been doing in the flesh and in the present, you will continue to be able to enjoy in the future by your spirit. Your spirit connected to the Holy Spirit the one that God the Father will send to you. And then he goes on in chapter 15 and he says this, the passage that Pastor Chen read for us this morning. Now Jesus is going to use a, a gardening illustration. Do we have any gardeners here? Anybody, you love gardening? A couple people? A few people? Now we got more people. All right, gardeners. I tried a thing this year. I tried a thing. I, we, we built, I built a uh, uh, four by 16 garden box in front of my house. We had old bushes. We took them out. They looked bad. So we put this garden box. And I'm like, hey, let's put some flowers. And my wife's great at this. I'm horrible at this. My wife's great at this. So she put the right kind of flowers so that the rabbits wouldn't, you know, jump. I forget what they're called, but whatever. She put those flowers up great. So I'm like, hey, tomatoes. Let's, let's put tomatoes there, right? Four. And I said, how about eggplant? Tomatoes and eggplant. I'm Italian, you know, come on, hey, right? So I'm like a little, right, you know, um, tomato, eggplant, let's go, right? Eggplant Parmesan. Four by 16, right? What can go wrong? Six, six tomato plants. Let's go. Four eggplant plants. Four eggplant. Four eggplant plus six tomatoes plus all the other frilly stuff. I still have tomatoes coming out my ears. The, uh, and, and some of y'all buy those, buy those wire things stick in the ground that it grows up in it. Not this guy. Natural. I had tomato vines into my driveway. I'm sure, I'm sure our neighbors think we're insane. I'm 100% positive of that. This week, last weekend, we ripped all the tomato plants out. She planted mums, fall mums. And it looks much better. Because I'm not in charge now, so... I was never in charge anyway. She just went along with it. So, But here's the thing. When that tomato is connected to the vine, it, it really grows, doesn't it? I remember going out, you know, you're waiting for the first tomato, right? Right? So we did this Memorial Day weekend, right? And, that, and then I was, like, I was like, hey, are we ever going to get anything? Are we ever going to get anything? There's these little tomato plants, right? Are we going to get anything? Right? By 4th of July, I'm like, I don't know. We got, a lot of, we got a lot of vine. I don't see a lot of fruit. 
Got a lot of vine. I don't see a lot of fruit. And then you start seeing a little bit of, little bit of green, right? A little bit of green. And it takes time. Don't pick it. Don't pick it yet, right? She kept saying, not yet, not yet. Not, it's not ready. It's not ready. It's not ready. And then, and then at just the right time, at just the right time, that fruit, you're able to pick that. Jesus is using this as a metaphor to stay connected with you and with me. And he says, I am the vine and you are the branch. I am the vine and you are the branch. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, check that out, he prunes it so that it would bear more fruit, right? He prunes it. God, why am I going through this? God, why, why, why is this happening in my life? Why do, I, why do I feel like, God, you're, you're challenging me? God, I, I have this goal. I have this desire where I want to go in my world. I have this. I think I'm with you. I'm praying about it. and It's not working out or it's not working out on my timeline, right? God, why are you? Why, and, and, and I just feel like sometimes we forget that God, that God the Father is the vine dresser, right? And he's walking around the vineyard and he's like, mm, you got a little something here on your stem. We got to get rid of that. Got a little something going on in your life over here. We got got to get rid of that. Because remember, the goal is the fruit, right? That's the goal. The goal is the fruit. We can't get the fruit if we've got the junk all around it. Now, as soon as I told you four by 16 and I planted six tomato plants, I know what y'all thought. You are nuts. Because that little card that you get in the little thingy or the pot, right? The little card says 10 inches apart. I don't know 10 inches. Well, I found out you need 10 inches. Because when the vines get intertwined and when the vines don't get, are able to grow correctly, stuff happens to it and you need to prune it and you need to cut them back. You need to cut some of the vines back so that the rest of the plant will grow. You need to cut some that are, some things off so that the fruit will come forth. I am the vine and you are the branch. My father is the vine dresser and, and, and he wants us to stay connected to him. And, and in the event that there's something in our lives that needs to be addressed, he will prune that off of us. Sometimes it's hard and sometimes it's challenging, but he wants to prune that off of us. Why? Why would God, God, why would you do that for us? Look at what it says in verse two, that you may bear more fruit. More fruit. Eight bushels of fruit. Verse 3, Already you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. For abide in me, abide in me, and I in you. As a branch, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone, if anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and, that, and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish. Now watch how Jesus begins to unpack this, right? Because I know all of us are probably sitting here going, all right, well, what do you mean abide? What do I got to do to abide? We're so North American, aren't we? What do I got to do to abide, Right? 
What, what, what are the steps? One, two, three. Come on. What do I got to do to abide? I got it, Jesus. Stay connected. Now, what do I got to do? He's like, I got you. Right? He's like this. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. Okay, now, now we're getting a little more clear. Okay. His words abide in us. So the things that Jesus said, the things that Jesus taught, the things that, that, that Jesus explained to us as his mission and his vision and his values and his priorities, if those things, if those things abide in me, what, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done. Wow, that's interesting. Whatever I wish. Whatever I want. Whatever I wish. Hmm. You ever wish? You got that wish list going yet? Christmas is coming. Remember, we were talking about this as staff. Remember the big JCPenney catalog that would come out? Love that. Circle stuff, earmark pages. Get your wish list. Well, Jesus said, Jesus said, if I ask him, I'll get it. Right? Jesus said, if I ask him, I'll get it. What did Jesus say? Abide in me, and my words abide in you. Ask. We like to cut that first part off, right? We like, we like, the, we like the ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. We forget the abide in me, and my words abide in you. Here's what happens when we abide in God and God's words wash over us and get into our head and get into our mind and get into our spirit. Here's what happens. The things that God wants for us become the things we want for us. And so, of course, God says, yeah, we're going to answer those prayers. We can't skip the verse. We can't rush through it. Abide in me. Let my words abide in you. So that as my words abide in you and you get an understanding of my my character, as you get an understanding of the priorities of God, then the things that you ask will align with the priorities and the vision of God. It's amazing how that happens. Verse 8, by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, now again, okay, so Jesus is getting practical again. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. So what is this abiding? What's Jesus talking about here? In a very simple, simple, practical way, it's staying connected to Him. That's it. It's staying connected to Him. Think of your tomato plant. Think of your, your uh, zucchini. Think of your whatever, your, your green peppers. Think about your eggplant, right? You've got the primary, primary vine that comes up and then you've got all the offshoots that come. And out of the offshoots come the fruit. 
we are that, that, that vine that comes out of the primary. And when that is connected to the source, the fruit comes. When that is connected, fruit begins to grow. When that is connected and something infiltrates it and it's pruned off, the fruit grows bigger and richer and stronger. Abiding is simply staying connected to the source of life. It's staying connected. Connected to Jesus, connected to glorify God. Notice how he said, this is how you glorify God. By remaining in him and keeping his commandments. Through the help of the Holy Spirit. Because we know we can't do this on our own. So tomorrow morning when I get up and I have to go face everything that I face, how am I going to be fruitful in the kingdom of God with everything that's going on in the world around me, it's because we're staying connected to God through the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember the context, John chapter 13, John chapter 14. Before we even get to the vine, Jesus is saying, I'm going to give you a Holy Spirit that will give you power. I'm going to give you a Holy Spirit that will give you wisdom and guidance and instruction. I'm going to give a Holy Spirit that gives you counsel. I'm going to give a Holy Spirit that will convict you of sin. Ooh, we don't like that one. Convict our heart when we're doing wrong, but will convince us when we know what to do is right. The Holy Spirit, Jesus has already promised to us. And so in this, in this section, we see the Trinity, the Godhead, three in one, working together to give us spiritual life, spiritual vitality, spiritual health, to produce spiritual fruit. Well, what kind of fruit are we talking about? Because we're not talking about tomatoes and zucchini and eggplant. We're talking about the values and the kingdom of God working in our heart to produce something. What does it produce? What is being produced in our lives? Well, we remember in Galatians chapter 5, Paul says to, to the church there, he says, love and he says, the fruit of the spirit is what? Love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Paul already kind of like answers the question. The fruit, what we're talking about, of the Spirit are these things. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It's, it's interesting how when, when, we, when those values get into us and drive our, they, they then begin to drive our actions. As we stay connected to God, as we stay connected to his commandments, then what produces in our lives is love that comes from God in the kingdom. Love that comes from the spirit. Love that is Jesus kind of love. Patience. Joy, peace, kindness, kingdom kindness. Not earthly kindness, not social media kindness, but kingdom kindness. Kingdom love that we just spent the last three weeks talking about. Kingdom love. When we are connected to Jesus, this is the fruit. So what else? Well, how about Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7, right? Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. That's, that's called the Sermon on the Mount. 
right? Jesus is telling his disciples and and the people in the crowd, this is how you live. If you are connected to the kingdom of God, this is how you live in community. This is how you live with each other who are in the kingdom. And this is how you live in the greater community of of your, your, your world. This is how we live in the world. Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Remember the Beatitudes. It's part of that. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Right? The Beatitudes. Then in the following verses, right? 5, 6, and 7, those chapters. Seek first the kingdom of God. Don't look at the, don't look at the speck in your brother's eye when you've got a plank in your own eye. Right? This is how God is telling us to live in the kingdom. This is the fruit of what it looks like to be connected to Jesus. Or how about Paul and Peter's letters in the New Testament? Letters to the churches of how to live out our faith. Be holy for God is holy. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Be at peace with people. Pray for our leaders. Set an example. I wish the Bible was clear. Don't you? Like it's so fuzzy. Well, it's fuzzy when we don't read it. Right? I mean, I don't know. It just makes sense. It's fuzzy when you don't read it. But if you read it, it's like, oh. Because Paul, again, Paul said the fruit of the Spirit. Love. Uh, joy. Kind of angry today. Peace. Peach Street. Patience, Peach Street at Christmas. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Self-control. We should dig into that that book at some point because I love how Paul ends that list with self-control. I wonder if self-control drives all the other aspects. I don't know. That's just random thought. Sorry. So, How do we abide? How do we do this? Well, first of all, with the power of the Holy Spirit. This is directly mentioned in the, in the context. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Chapter 15, verses 1 through 13 are driven because Jesus has said, I'm going to give you the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to come and to give us the power to live this way to live connected because I guarantee you you're going to wake up tomorrow and there will be 17 things that happen that will want to disconnect you from God and the power of the Holy Spirit is there to help you get refocused to do what you need to do in the moment to stay connected. The second thing that, that we do to abide is to, that we, uh, we keep the commandments. We keep the commandments. I don't think we have to like nuance this too much. Jesus was pretty clear. If you abide in me, you keep my commandments. Do what, just, just do what I asked you to do. Just love your neighbor as yourself. Just love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Like don't lie, don't cheat, don't, right? Again, it's only fuzzy if we don't get into it and understand it. It becomes really clear when we start reading it. It requires us to get invested in God's Word. It requires us to, uh, to, to read the Scriptures and to read them for our own development and to read them for our own connection to God. 
well-known uh, community pastor, um, recently retired from Grace Church, Pastor Mike Watson, uh, just said this week on social ma- media, uh, he was quoting Charles Spurgeon, and Spurgeon said, if you wish to know God, you must know his word. Pastor Mike went on to say, the Bible is, a, is an increasingly neglected book. People can check social media, text, and email uh, multiple times a day, yet go day after day, week after week without opening the book. The result is spiritual starvation, aimlessness, and little ability to know what's true or false. When we're not in the scriptures, life becomes fuzzy. And we have this little ability to understand what is true and false. It's spiritual starvation. And we wonder, why am I so angry? Why am I not settled? Why am I so short with my family? Why are things not, not developing? Why, do, why can I not see clearly? Why don't I understand? Why don't I hear from God? Why does it feel like times are so dark? And while there may be different issues at play, the bottom line is this. We need to be a people who are connected and abiding in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit, by keeping the commandments, and by loving one another. Did you notice again how Jesus in this passage said, love one another? It's almost like he means it. Love one another. And the results, the results of abiding, what are they? We bear much fruit. What does that mean? Well, we have more love, we have more peace, we have more patience, we have more kindness, right? We, we seek and hunger for righteousness. We value other people. What else? God is glorified. What else? Ask and it will be done, right? When we're connected. And then he ends it with, my joy would be in you and your joy would be complete. You ever run into people who don't have any joy? I don't know that they don't know that they have joy, but all their nonverbals tell me they don't have joy. Right? Hey man, what's up? Okay. Now again, a hundred different things might be going on. A hundred different things. But Jesus is telling us that when we, we are connected to him, there is a joy that is placed in our heart and that joy fulfills us. Questions in this world? Absolutely. Don't understand everything? Absolutely. Disappointment? Absolutely. Does that mean God has left us? No. Maybe it's pruning. Maybe I'm not as connected to God as I need to be. Maybe it's just for this moment to see how my fruit tastes. Do you really love? Do you really have joy? Do you really have peace? Do we really value other people? And it starts with abiding in Christ. So, this week, what does abiding look like in practice? In practice. We talk a lot of theory this morning, talk a lot of theory as we kind of open this series and lay the groundwork Talking a lot of theory here. I'm going to give you a couple things to hold your hat on. All right? Hang your hat on, right? A couple, couple practical things, okay? First off, we got to be people who get into the Scriptures. 
We've got to be people who get into the scriptures. Okay? We have to understand uh, what God is saying. We're on the, the next uh, list. If we can go to that on the screen. I'm sorry. Yep, abiding in practice. Understand the commands of Jesus. We've got to get into the scriptures. We've got to understand the commands. How do you understand the commands without reading the book? Got to figure it out. Got to get in there. We've got to find a rhythm and, and, and a method that works for us. So this week, if you're not already in a consistent pattern, I'd like to invite you to explore some different rhythms and modes that fit who you are in the schedule of your attention. Because we all have different attention spans. We all, we all think differently. We all learn differently, right? And um, I, I picked three things up off the, off the table at the hub this morning. Three things, three tools, three tools that you, can, that you can use. One of them is chronological Bible reading plan, right? If you're a tool person, like I need a tool to help me out, here's one. January through December, here's a chronological reading plan. Here's one. Five by five by five New Testament reading plan. That's sitting back there. Different, different twist on reading the scriptures with different insights about prayer and, and, uh, uh, and getting into God's word, right? And then, and then the, the one we all grew up on in the church, our daily bread, right? Now in large print edition. Thank you very much, right? Pick that up back there. Again, this is a little different twist. This is, it's a scripture and a whole lot of thought. By, by an author, okay? But the thing is, like, we got to get into it. Like, I don't know what our excuses are anymore, right? Oh, I forgot my Bible. But I've got a phone that has 78 different games of Candy Crush. I don't know. There's an app called Uversion. It's got nine bazillion different translations of the Bible in there, right? Oh, I don't like King James. All right, well, you got like 85,000 other new English versions. I don't like reading. Okay, well, at the top, you hit this little uh, button and it reads to you. It re- Listen, how? Come on. Right? I don't have time. It reads to you. In the shower, in the car, where it reads to you. And we can't figure this out. Why? Let me ask. I'm very serious about this question, but I'm bringing it up in a very humorful why would that be? And we have all these tools and our answer is still, I can't figure it out. Is it possible that there's an enemy that is distracting us and deceiving us? I don't know. I think it's true. (laughs) It reads to you which is one that I'm using right now. I love version and how it reads. But there's others you don't like version. That's fine. Don't care. 85 other different. I've, I, I downloaded the, the, the Book of Common Prayer. There's an app for that. If, you, if, you're, if you're into lectionary readings, you can do that. Just, I don't know. We can order pizza from around the world, but we can't open the scriptures on our phone. I don't. Secondly, what does it look like in practice? It looks like living in spiritual community with other people. We have to live in community with other people. We have to do this together. We can't go Lone Ranger. Can't do it. You've got to find people to connect with. 
and, and we've got great things coming up. Elaine, I saw the announcement about Women to Women. We've got the men's breakfast coming up. We've got uh, ESL. Uh, if you serving with other people to serve people, a great way to stay connected, live in community, right? I've got five guys. I've got five guys that I connect with, not the burger joint. We, we go to wing places, but I got five guys that I know right now. Right now, I would call them. Anything, anything going on in my life, call them right now. And they're on it. We've been meeting for the last month on a regular basis, just getting to know each other, connecting at a deeper level. Who, who are your five? Who are your five? Who are the five people that right now? We got to live in community with each other. Third, we have to practice spiritual disciplines. There are a lot of different spiritual disciplines in just coming to church, praying and reading the scriptures and, and singing songs. And over the next three weeks, we're going to explore different spiritual um, practices, different spiritual disciplines that will help you uh, abide in Jesus. That's the point of this whole thing. How do we abide in Jesus? How do we stay connected? We live in a very disconnected world. How do we stay connected. Finally, number four, we're developing uh, some resources here at FAC to help you with that in addition to the other things that are out there. In fact, um, on Circle This Date, Monday, October 16, Monday, October 16, we're going to start what we're calling 21 Days of Prayer here at First Alliance. And uh, it's just a it's just a call for all of us, all of us to join in and over those 21 days following to be in prayer together in heart and in spirit, to be praying for the things that we think are important. If you're in a circle of five or another Bible study, be praying about the things that they think are important. But to be in, in a spirit of prayer collectively for 21 days, I wonder what God would do. And to help us with that, we've developed a prayer, 21-day prayer guide that we will give to you both digitally and in, person, in, in hard copy. And here's the great thing. This is what I love about it. All 21 days have a scripture verse, a, a devotional thought, and some things that we can pray about. Those three elements, all developed by you, people of First Alliance Church. It came from you. You are helping each other grow in their faith, stay connected to God, and pray. I'm excited about that. We'll be sharing more details about that in the next couple of weeks. Jesus is very clear that we need to be people connected to him. That's where our joy is. That's how we glorify God. That is where life happens. Not the surface life, but the deeper life. It's where the love that changes the world grows and is planted. Peace and patience and kindness. It's the principles of God at work in our lives that make a difference in us and the people we come in contact with if we abide in him. Will you stand and pray with me? Father, today we ask that you would help us to examine our own hearts and examine our our own lives and see how do we need to adjust and find the right rhythms 
to put these things into practice in our lives. Help us to love people around us better. Help us to keep your commandments uh, in, a, in, a, in a more disciplined way. Help us, God, by the power of your Holy Spirit to resist the enemy, to focus our attention, and to follow hard after you. May this week be a week of change and growth in our hearts and in our lives as we get into your word in prayer and worship. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.